Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. All right, join now on the flagship podcast preview of Texas Oklahoma State by 20 year sideline reporter for Oklahoma State football radio broadcast, the one and only Robert Allen. Um, Robert, how are you doing, man? The weather up there is brutal from what uh, from what I'm hearing. You know what? Uh, I, I've tried not to be one of those people that says 2020 is a disaster. <laughs> I'm trying to find something worthwhile out of out of the year 2020, but at every turn, it's it's keeping me from doing it. And this, we've never seen anything like this. I mean, you know, Chip, you were you've been in Dallas and in Texas, where ice storms are more prevalent than snowstorms, and you'd much rather prefer snow, but. I've never seen an ice storm in October. And the, and the bad thing, just quick explanation, the leaves are still on the tree. So now it's not just the tree branches that are freezing and collecting ice. It's all those leaves. And, I mean, you can hear at night when you're sleeping, you can hear, you get woke up by tree branches snapping. And you just hope they're not a real big one. And fortunately, we trimmed our trees this summer, but the damage is, is unparalleled. I've never seen anything like this. Yeah, I mean, an ice storm in October. In October. The week of yeah. Halloween. And I don't know how it's affecting Oklahoma State's ability to practice or not. The temperature is supposed to be closer to 60 on Saturday, I guess, at 3 o'clock. But um, uh, it. Well, anyway, I'm sure. No, they, they, you know, they have an indoor, and uh, they've been in the indoor all week. Um, in fact, they they generally practice in the indoor all the time. Though they have a, a turf practice field and then three grass ones, so the you know one team you know offense will be in, defense out. They'll flip it, uh, and then on Thursdays they go back in the stadium just because they want guys to see the sight lines and all of that stuff. So it hadn't interrupted there. In fact, you know what? With the university being off, classes were canceled on Tuesday and Wednesday. So it's given them more time during the day with uh, with the players because they're not in school, which takes away that NCAA time restraint. Right, right. Um, talking to Robert Allen, um, Triple Play Sports, longtime sideline reporter for Oklahoma State Radio Broadcast. And Robert, I picked Texas and Oklahoma State to play in the Big 12 title game. Oklahoma State is holding up its end of the bargain. Texas is not. Uh, let's talk about these Oklahoma State Cowboys and, and what, uh, what's impressed you the most up to this point about the uh, undefeated Cowboys. I think you got to say the defense, although I, I went into the season expecting the defense to be pretty good. I mean, they're, they're, they've had a couple of injuries. Uh, the junior college defensive end, Tyron Irby, hurt his knee last week. I don't think he'll be back this weekend. Um, and I'm trying to think who it is. I, I guess other than that, everybody's healthy, but 
here's the thing, Chip. They're three deep across the defensive line at every position. They have three guys they do not mind putting into the game. At linebacker, they're two deep. The two guys behind Malcolm Rodriguez and Amen Agbondomiga are um, uh, Calvin Bundage at one and Devin Harper at the other. In fact, Jim Knowles, the defensive coordinator, doesn't even call them the backups. He calls them one and one A. One is, is Malcolm and Amen. One A is Devin and Calvin Bundage. And then in the secondary, you've got three really good corners. You've got the starters and then the, the Missouri transfer that, that came in is unbelievable. So they don't mind him going in at any time. And then you're probably too deep at each of the safety positions. And your top safeties, which are Kobe Harvell-Peel, uh, Trey Sterling, and Tanner McAllister, I mean, I can't say enough about the way they played. So I think the defense is, is really complete. Uh, still think they haven't played their best game. But uh, I just don't see them throwing out too many clunkers. If they were to have a clunker this year, I would really be surprised because they're just so veteran. Uh, they go about their work. You know, nothing surprises them. Uh, they have meshed with Jim Knowles and his staff really well. So, in fact, you know, when all the things happen in the spring – uh, I think it surprised a lot of fans. You know, when when Cuba called out Mike Gundy, there were two players that the, the – the, the, or two coaches, rather, that the players really pointed to as being these guys, they get us. One of them was Jim Knowles, a defensive coordinator, who's an old hard hat from Philadelphia that grew up the son of a cop and, and that, you know. And then the other one is Charlie Dickey, the offensive line coach, and he's married to an African-American woman. So that was kind of in the, the social justice or social injustice issues over the summer. Those two 50-something white men were the guys the players migrated to, which I thought was kind of interesting. Yeah. I mean, and, and look, Texas had uh, its share of – the social injustice issues with the demands from the student organizations and the black student athletes um, and the eyes of Texas, Oklahoma state looks like they're all together, all for one. Um, and yeah, I know we're getting off the topic of football and going back, but a lot of people from outside misread that. Yeah. Gundy wore the, OAN shirt and that was kind of the that was kind of the ignition switch or, or it was the fuse that 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 lit Chuba Hubbard's comments but it wasn't Gundy's political views in fact the players are pretty modern in that hey political views we, we're, we're okay everybody has their own political views but when they sat down with Mike Gundy and the staff they said coach we don't know you we don't, you know, that they wanted more of Mike Gundy and more of the coaching staff and, and spending more time with them, getting to know them better. Uh, and so they did. That, that was a big deal over the summer. Didn't get, it didn't get out in the media and publicly, but they corrected a lot of things over the summer as far as players and coaches getting to know each other away from the sport of football. And that's what the players want. They – 
you know, modern players, uh, they'll bust their butt for you. And, and you can dog cuss them a little bit if you want. Because Jim Knowles, Jim Knowles, will, he'll, he'll go down the four-letter uh, language uh, lane quite often. But you can cuss them when they know you and they know you care about them. Or, and, and cussing's not fair. You can coach them hard, right? When they know you care about them, and it's not just a football thing. You want, you know, the coach wants them to to see them do well, and so that's kind of why Charlie Dickey and Jim Knowles kind of rose to the top. And now the good thing is, Gundy's there. The other assistants are there. I, I have never seen this program as together and united. United's a great word because they wear it on their jerseys. I've never seen it united here as much as I have this season. And it that if you ask me what really surprises me, that may surprise me more than anything. Because I always thought this program was pretty good. Gundy had a, a good culture in here. But because the players rose up and, and 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 said, Hey, you're not spending enough time with us. We don't know you, it's made it better. What Last thing on that, Gundy took a pay cut and, you know, some language in his contract changed. Why do you think that stuff happened? I think the the, the pay cut was not a, about this as much as it was the pandemic. Mike, I think Mike Gundy knew at some point everybody was going to be asked to take a pay cut. And I, I know it was portrayed from the uh, administration and from the athletic director, that it was all about this issue. Uh, it, it was more about the pandemic, uh, and and you know since then, you know we've had the the the, the assistant coaches were asked to take a cut, and that got kind of initially it was forty percent, and coaches said no, we're under kind of, and they they offered twenty percent, and initially it was taken. And then, for whatever reason, and I haven't heard a comment from the athletic director, he came back and said, no, he wanted more. And so that's still, that's still in a stalemate. In fact, I get calls from certain you know, columnists and reporters. Has that been solved yet? And not, not to my knowledge, but I've had, I've had coaches come up to me literally and say, I want to give this man – I mean, th this is a, an assistant coach – I want to give this man $100,000. That's how much salary he would be giving back. And, Chip, you know the, the salaries of assistant coaches. And he doesn't want it. Yeah. So that, that the disconnect now, Gundy's out there. He's done his deal. The disconnect is between the athletic director and the assistant football coaches. But, hey, if we didn't have some sort of disconnect in Stillwater, <laughs> it wouldn't be Stillwater. I mean, you know, God bless Boone Pickens. Um, uh, Robert. This, you know, this uh, obviously the Oklahoma State offense got Spencer Sanders back from the ankle injury after uh, Shane Illingworth, the freshman, came in and led them to victories over West Virginia and Kansas. What, uh, what, first of all, what did you think of Illingworth? What impressed you most about him? And then what did the offense get back with with Spencer against Iowa State? Yeah, Shane is uh, a really cool customer. And that was what impressed me the most was that he – the moment when he got thrown in there wasn't too big. And let's go back to the Tulsa game because after Spencer went out in the first series, I guess it was the, 
the first play of the second series, which was a, a fumble between him and Chuba, they went with Ethan Bullock. And, and a lot of people were like, oh, man, you know, the freshman must be the, the third team. No, the freshman was the second team. But because of contact tracing, um, Shane Illingworth had missed two weeks of practice. In fact, his first day back at practice was the Monday of the Tulsa week. So he hadn't had very many uh, snaps or reps. They they considered not even suiting him up for the Tulsa game, which would have been a disaster now. But uh, when he came in, he he is the second team quarterback. But yeah, his his composure and his ability to to handle that again, having hardly any practice snaps that week, he came in and saved the day against Tulsa and then played well against West Virginia and Kansas. The bonus is they know they've got a quarterback now that can come in and win games behind Spencer, which is always a bonus when you know your quarterback, your starting quarterback is going to run the ball some. And, you know, running quarterbacks tend to get banged up. Um, so they've got that. And that's a bonus. And then Spencer last week, I know he threw the two picks, but for the most part, he didn't show a lot of rust. And the thing you get from him is you get that ability to run the football. Uh, it really showed up in the second half when OSU was up 24 to 14. They went on a, a drive, you know, it was a four minute drill. It was one of those drills where you're trying, you're just trying to move the ball and run clock. And his legs got a couple of first downs on that drive. By the time Iowa State got the ball back, it was, you know, less than two minutes. They did come down, took a long time to drive. But for the most part, the game was pretty much sealed. But Spencer is a, a very good thrower. I think he and Shane are pretty pretty close together as far as passing ability. Uh, Spencer a little more experienced, but Spencer has that extra, you know, that extra additional talent of being able to run the football. Uh, talking to Robert Allen, longtime sideline reporter for Oklahoma State Football Broadcast. We'll uh, – We'll take a break. We'll come right back with Robert Allen, talk a little bit more about this matchup between Texas and Oklahoma State. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. And Robert, um, when... You know, you look at this matchup with Texas. I mean, Oklahoma State has beaten Texas seven of the last ten. Oklahoma State owns now the longest winning streak against Texas in Austin. Uh, it ended last year at at five, but still, uh, Oklahoma State has had the upper hand in this series. When you look at this matchup, is there any area that stands out in terms of, you know, 
Oklahoma State has the clear advantage or Texas might have any advantage? What, what do you think about the matchup? I think it's an emotional uh, advantage. Um, you know, football's an emotional game. And, you know, if you're not, you know, if you just go out and, 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 and go through the motions, you know, even if you have more talent, you might not be as good as the guy that comes out and he's got a passion for what he's doing at that moment. And with Oklahoma State, um, I, was, I was just telling somebody else this earlier today, you've got about half the team is from Texas, and the vast majority of those kids from Texas weren't offered by Texas. So they, they're playing Texas, and they play with a chip on their shoulder. It's their bedlam. Everybody considers bedlam to be the, the biggest rivalry for Oklahoma State. But I think for the Texas kids on the team, Texas is the biggest game. And what they've been able to do, those Texas kids, is get the other guys on the team to buy in on how important it is to them. So everybody goes into the Texas game playing you know, with their hair on fire. And I think that's shown in, in, in Chip in that, that winning streak, five in Austin and seven of the last ten. I think the passion Oklahoma State has to beat Texas shows up. When you look at the um, – we've talked a little bit about the, the – I'll, I'll go back to the defense here for a second. Who are the – I mean, I love Malcolm Rodriguez. And, you know, you mentioned Calvin Bundage. Calvin Bundage and Trace Ford have more sacks between the two of them than the entire Texas team. Who are the war daddies on that Oklahoma State defense? Who are the guys who set the table? Up front, it'd be Cam Murray, who's a fifth-year senior that, you know, when he signed out of Bryant, Arkansas, if you'd have told me that he'd, you know, be a, a, a backup, I would have said, yeah, that's pretty good. You know, uh, he wasn't very heralded, but he's turned into a guy that I think the NFL is going to take a look at. And he's one of those guys that plays with a lot of passion out of Bryant, Arkansas. Then you mentioned Malcolm and Eamon at the linebacker position. They're, uh, you know, the great story about Malcolm Rodriguez, he was a quarterback safety at Wagner, Oklahoma. When he committed to Gundy, he had two offers. NEO Junior College, and my son is the head coach there. He offered him. And then uh, Wyoming. That was it. That was his only offers. And you see what he turns into. Uh, like I said, Eamon. And then I think on the back end, uh, I've been really, you know, impressed with Rodarius Williams at corner. I think, you know, Rodarius has kind of stepped out of the shadow of A.J. Green and and I think he's been a real leader. He, he made a huge play against Iowa State when he chased down Brees Hall on that 70-yard run. He doesn't chase him down and stop him before he gets to the end zone. Then Malcolm's uh, blitz sack on uh, third down doesn't force Iowa State back, and then they miss the field goal. So basically it saved Oklahoma State three points, if not more, because Rodarius wouldn't quit, chase down Brees Hall. So, yeah, I, I would say he's a big leader on the back end of the defense right now. And when you look at the offense, Gundy talked about the offensive line maybe yeah. still developing or the offense will go as the offensive line grows. What, it, what, he, what does he mean by that? Well, you had the two injuries in the Tulsa game that happened along with Spencer's injury, and you lost uh, – 
two starting offensive linemen. One was really young, Cole Birmingham. The other one was a little bit older and had some starting experience in Hunter Anthony. They're replaced by two guys who had never started a game. Uh, in fact, one of them had just been awarded a scholarship in August, Jake Springfield, who's a redshirt freshman out of uh, Flower Mound High School. Um, they had a video presentation. Blake Jarwin, the Dallas Cowboys tight end, was a walk-on here. Uh, he was the one that awarded it to him in, a, in what was supposed to be just a motivational video. Those guys don't have much experience. I think they've come a long way in a short period of time. The other one is a guard, Hunter Woodard, out of Tuscola, Illinois. Um, I think Gundy's right. I think the, the, the further along you get with those guys, they are so much further now than they were when they first went on the field against Tulsa. Um, I think they'll get better. And then I think also just Spencer being back and playing consistently – um, not that Shane wasn't doing a good job. He, he obviously was, but offense is kind of – they kind of wrap themselves around the quarterback. And so you you had a quarterback change during the, the three-week break. In fact, two things that really benefited from an extra bye week, um, the offensive line and Spencer, because they got even more time to get acclimated so uh, that was the, la the last time OSU had three weeks off in the middle of a season was the Spanish flu pandemic in 2000 – or not 2000, 1918. So, that, again, here comes the pandemic. Three weeks off only happens every 102 years. Man, that is uh, – that's crazy. Um, and, obviously, uh, you, got the, you got Tylen Wallace, who I love, and and Chuba and you still have guys like Dylan Stoner and I mean you tell me who are the other I mean everyone knows about Spencer Chuba and Tylen but who are the guys that are you know getting it done well there's one other running back Desmond Jackson that got in finally in the Kansas game he runs violent uh he is a very physical runner he had 91 yards playing just the last half of the third quarter and the fourth quarter against Kansas. Um, so there's another running back after, after those two that can, could have an impact in a game. Uh, and then over on the wide receiver side, I mean, Braden Johnson is, is a speedster that we've seen. He had two touchdowns in the bowl game, came in last year when Tylen got hurt. He's still playing a bunch. And the guy that everybody can't wait to, to see what he can do, they haven't been able to get him the ball, is a Washington State transfer named Tay Martin that led the Pac-12 in receiving, I think it was last year, for Mike Leach's team. And, you know, they just haven't been able to get him the ball. They got the Cowboy backs the ball a little bit against Iowa State. Jelani Woods had a touchdown catch. But that's the great thing for them on offense, Chip, is if, if they can ever make the defense just totally aware and and – cognizant of every guy lined up in the skills it's going to become so much easier for every guy because literally they can make plays with about everybody in the skill positions on offense when you look at uh this oklahoma state team what's impressed you the most and what's impressed you the least up to this point uh when we talked about the defense on offense I think the thing that's impressed me the most is, is, is Chuba. Uh, he's embraced LD. 
instead of you know being the star and 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 saying nah, he 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 praises LD. In fact, he doesn't mind when LD gets carries because he knows it's only going to make him better when he comes back in the ball game. We saw that against Iowa State. I thought Chuba got a little little tired early in the second half. LD came in for a series, and the next time Chuba was in, he was a completely different looking back. So I, I, Chuba's attitude of, of sharing the position has impressed me. Um, and LD Brown, how does he, you know, how would you describe him as a contrast to Chuba, or are they more similar than different? They're, they're more similar now because in the, in the, in the offseason, Chuba lost about five pounds purposely to even pick up more speed. LD, who's a track guy from DeSoto, he added five to seven pounds to get more strength. And they, they kind of – now they're, they're almost the same size and they're very similar backs. Desmond Jackson, who I mentioned, he's a 220-pound back. He's a, he's a little bit, like I said, more of a violent runner and, and physical guy. So uh, they've kind of – you know, Chuba moved toward LD. LD moved toward Chuba. Now they're pretty similar in what they can do. And when when uh, you look at the matchup and how does this game play out, Robert? What uh, how do you see it playing out in a you know prediction if if you're feeling it? Uh, you know, I, I I think this plays out a little bit more on what Texas comes in and does because I think Oklahoma State they've been pretty consistent. They've they've played defense very similar every game this season. Uh, offensively, now that, that, that Spencer's back, I kind of expect them not to be full throttle like they were in the Mike Yersich days. By the way, a shout-out to Yersich, uh, good friend. Um, I, I tell you what, I'm a big Mike Yersich fan. I, I, I think I texted you after that first touchdown this season and said, what a way for Yersich to start, you know, with a touchdown on his first play call. But if Texas comes in and, and – and plays highly motivated, I think we'll have a, a four-quarter game, uh, probably a little more explosive than the Iowa State game was, maybe in the, the upper 20s into the 30s. If Texas comes in and for whatever reason isn't hitting on, on, uh, on all cogs, this is an Oklahoma State team, especially with the way the defense is playing, that's good enough to, to make you pay for that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you mentioned Yurcich. We'd be remiss if we didn't mention what he meant while he was there at Oklahoma State. And and everyone's trying to figure out who has the advantage because, of course, you know, what, Knowles went up against Yurcich in practice a couple oh, of years man. ago. Hey, when, when Knowles first got here, Yurcich was full steam. His offense was in place. Everybody knew what they were doing. And that first spring they were together, Yersich gave him his indoctrination. I mean, he came out running turbo the first team period. And, I mean, you know, Jim Knowles is, is – we, we had a lot of rivalry that spring between the two coordinators. So, I'm looking forward to seeing, seeing them go against each other again this Saturday. But as far as Mike Yersich, and, and I think he would tell you this, um, got to be good friends with he and his wife, their kids. Um, it's not every coach that that I kind of form a relationship away from football, but with Mike Yersich. In fact, we went up to Columbus uh, when he was up there during the summer on vacation. 
to to see them up there. So uh, he's a good friend. He's a good man. Uh, Texas could not have hired a better guy. And I, I other than this Saturday, I hope he's always knocking it out of the park because uh, he's he's my kind of guy. Well, what stood out to you about Texas, Robert? About watching Texas? Yeah. Uh, I, I, Ellinger always stands out to me. Uh, he's a warrior, and I always like watching him play and respecting him. Uh, Brennan Eagles is a guy that scares me. He's electric. We saw that in the game last year uh, with Texas. Uh, over on the defensive side of the ball, just because I know his brother so well, Caden Stearns is, is, a, is a tremendous player. And Osai, I, I don't know how bad his shoulder injury is, but uh, he's a guy that, I mean, everybody in the Big 12 would want to have on their defense. So, um, And I like, is it Sweat, the defensive line? Yeah, Tavondre Sweat, 93. I, I, I miss Puna Ford. Puna Ford was one of my all-time favorites. Poon. Just, just because of his shape and the way he played. I oh, mean, yeah. Fire hydrant. He was an ugly player, yep. but God, God love him. I love guys that play like that. Sweat kind of, in a, in a way, reminds me of Puna. So, yeah. Oh, and special teams, Robert. I got to ask you about special teams. Yeah. Um, Oklahoma State looks like they're hitting on all their – well, what? They're, they've missed one field goal this season, yeah, 10 of every, 11. Everything but everything but kickoff return. Kickoff return right now is stuck in, in the mud. Um, they need to find some way to get that unleashed. My, I have an idea. I've, I've, I've tried to share it. Coaches haven't listened. They have a freshman over there named Brennan Presley that I would put him in on returns. But he's the kid that downed the punt last week on the one-yard line, okay. went down and caught it against Iowa State. Um, but, yeah, they, they got two Aussies. Uh, Alex Hale is the place kicker, uh, field goal, extra points, and then Tom uh, Hutton is the punter. Tom isn't a guy that really bangs it, but his style of kicking really discourages uh, uh, return game. In fact, last year, all last season, all last season, 2019, opposing teams had a grand total of 12 yards in punt returns. Wow. I've never seen that. That's crazy. So that's, that's kind of his he, – you know, he's going to be really good in the, in the punt net average – Right around between thirty nine and forty, but he's not gonna not gonna be like the kid at Tech that that kicks an eighty seven yard punt. Right, right. Well, Robert, it's always great to catch up, my friend. Um, I hope that uh, everybody thaws out before the game yeah. on Saturday, and uh, I look forward to seeing you on Saturday in Stillwater. Yeah, if you're driving up, you'll have an interesting drive because you're gonna see. You're going to say, man, what the heck happened here? Because wow. it's going to look well, all the damage. But, hey, you're one of my heroes, man, so I look forward to seeing you Saturday. Hey, you're the, you're the best. For, uh, for Robert Allen, I am Chip Brown. Thanks so much to everybody for listening in to the flagship podcast preview of the Texas-Oklahoma State football game Saturday at 3 o'clock. And uh, until next time, everybody stay safe and keep the faith. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. 
I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 